Hi, and welcome to the Functionally Fit Podcast. This is 2023, uh, New Year, always like a fresh start. I always feel like it's um, a great time to look back on, you know, what went really great last year. And then, of course, look ahead at what we can do to make our lives as, as healthy and as, um, you know, fulfilling as possible, right? So I wanted to jump into talking about one of the biggest things that contributes to chronic illness, and that is stress and the chronic stress response that we all tend to live in, um, this super connected world we're in with lots of information coming at us all the time, responsibilities, family, uh, friendships, which are, you know, a lot of these are really good responsibilities, but can also contribute to our overall stress response. What is stress exactly? So at its core, you know, stress is, is essential to our survival. When we used to be faced with danger, it would like the saber tooth tiger coming at you. It was a fight or flight response. And this allowed us to move quickly into these life preserving ways of being so that we weren't going to get eaten by something that was after us. Right. But since we're not out running things like this anymore, the same type of response can be set off by really small things now. So we have these little stress responses that set off this fight or flight response and different structures of our central nervous system and the peripheral tissues like the hypothalamus, the pituitary adrenal glands, they help mediate our stress response. And this is called the hypothalamic pituitary adrenal axis. And once this axis is activated, it puts us in this alert frame and it primes our body to flee or defend this fight or flight response. And when this happens, our, our body temperature, our thirst, our sleep cycles, the energy levels, it's all affected. And we're not going to get too into like the pathophysiology of, of stress, but I do, I do think it kind of helps to, I mean, there are some great podcasts like uh, the Huberman Lab, which he goes really deep into different stress responses and he's in academia and has just such a better way of doing it than I ever would. So I highly recommend the Huberman Lab podcast if you'd like to get really into the science of what's going on here. But for a lot of us, we want to know, like, what can we do to help with this stress response? And cortisol, which is a hormone that helps our body respond to stress, it helps to fight infection, regulates our blood pressure, regulates our blood sugar, metabolism, has an overall effect on all of our organs and tissues. And cortisol can definitely get out of whack, especially those of us in our 40s and 50s. We start seeing the cumulative effect of this low-grade chronic stress response. So instead of these huge bursts of, oh my goodness, I got to run and get away from this uh, 
dinosaur, we are getting a text message alert and it creates a stress response. We are having a confrontation with someone um, in traffic that uh, rubs us the wrong way and it stimulates a stress response. We're waiting in line somewhere and it can stimulate a stress response. So these little things start adding up and you think of it like a like a stuck gas pedal and it's flooding the body with just this stream of cortisol. And this can over time lead to dysfunction of how our body is regulating cortisol. And the symptoms that if you're thinking, well, I don't know, maybe, maybe I'm experiencing stress. I definitely kind of quote unquote feel stressed. It's very normal now to to say, oh, I'm so stressed out or, oh, this really stresses me out. But let's really talk about like, if you're truly suffering from being overly stressed, the things that may be happening would be things like changes in your appetite or weight, the inability to really regulate your weight, changes in your sleep patterns, Maybe you're tossing and turning more than you used to, or you're waking up and having trouble going back to sleep, or having trouble getting to sleep in the first place, or having quality sleep, right? A loss of interest in activities that you previously enjoyed. So this is a big one where it can be subtle too. You could kind of start saying no to things because you feel tired or you have something else going on or something else you feel like you're responsible for. But if you really enjoyed these type of things and they used to be a priority for you, but then you've now just really lost interest in making up excuses to just not do them, that can be a sign that you're overly stressed. And restlessness. I'm super familiar with this feeling, this feeling of like not, not, being where you want to be, not, and that means like in life in general, right? So, which, which sometimes can be a healthy way of living. But I think if you have this feeling of restlessness and overall things are are pretty good the way you, you have them, you know, you're, um, you could be experiencing just really being overly stressed because this restlessness comes from a a lack of this sense of calm or peace or being in the moment or, you know, being in flow or being um, in a state of like fulfillment, sadness, guilt, being irritable. We see so much irritability. I, I definitely notice at work sometimes patients will be in sort of this heightened state of irritability. And this can come, you know, in different waves. And I think that there's a lot of stress from whether it's whatever's going on in the economy, politics, people live off of certain retirement incomes. There's big things at play and then small little things at play like It took me extra long to get to my appointment and I'm 15 minutes late and I'm super irritable about that. So that can be a sign though that we're not handling stress very well when we have these feelings come up of irritability more more than they ever have been. And feeling sad or feeling guilty, having negative thought patterns, negative loops, 
that can definitely happen when you're over overly stressed. So we want to recognize, the first step would be recognizing, I say yes to two of the things that you just talked about, or wow, the whole list is me, what do I do now? Well, before we get to that, I wanna quickly talk about chronically high levels of stress that can suppress our immune system and coming out of, well, it's been three years now of COVID-19 and it's here to stay and many people have been concerned about their immune system, obviously wanting to get to a normal way of living and we don't want to have viruses if we we don't need to catch it right and we don't want to have other serious conditions popping up we want to be healthy i think that there isn't anybody that wants to be sick right so stress affects our body by the immune health it can increase the levels of cortisol and high cortisol levels reduce the natural killer cell activity These are the immune cells that limit the spread of certain viruses. Our heart health, we know that heart disease is still the number one killer. There are a lot, there's a lot of press on pretty much everything else, but heart disease is the number one killer. And chronically high cortisol levels increase blood pressure. It increases blood sugar, gives us high cholesterol, high triglycerides, and all these factors increase a risk of high blood pressure, having a stroke and having a heart attack. Gut health, stress can cause symptoms like heartburn, indigestion, nausea, vomiting, diarrhea, constipation, belly pain. I was in this bucket of these sort of six, there's these six buckets of um, how stress affects the body. And this one of GI health was really where mine showed up. And It wasn't till, of course you want to change food and yes, you can exercise and do some detoxification. And if you're not working on stress reduction and actively healing with stress, lowering your stress, then I think the other things aren't going to work as well. Diabetes. If you have diabetes, stress inhibits insulin production and can be contributing to more complications with diabetes. Inflammation, it leads to, you know, more stress is more inflammation. If you have something like atopic dermatitis, which is like an eczema, asthma, allergies, this is worsened when our stress levels are higher. And epilepsy. Epilepsy, this is something, um, until I was putting this together, I hadn't really thought much about when it comes to cortisol levels, but if you are someone who's epileptic and on medications and have been very well controlled, stress responses can trigger seizures in otherwise times when you haven't had much of a, you know, you've been very controlled. So stress is always something that tends to cause these medical flares in other conditions. When we want to manage stress, and I'll 
I'll wrap this one up and I hope that some of these things are going to be very helpful for you going into 2023 and maybe taking a few of them. You don't have to do the whole list. I'm going to give eight ways of managing stress, but even if you took a few of them and begun using them and then took a couple more, maybe mid, you know, next quarter and then summertime, we're adding a few more, but Here's number one, identify what's causing you stress. If you want to get reflective and use a journal, or you can use, of course, contemplation and prayer and figure out what is causing you the most stress. I think it's identifying these triggers. You might not always like the answer of how to change those. For example, if it's your job that's causing you a great deal of stress, you may need to very much consider how you can make changes. And, and I know that when I've had this conversation with clients before, it can be, oh, I couldn't even possibly change my work. I couldn't possibly, uh, I have too much responsibility. I, you know, too much debt, whatever it might be, but there's always a solution. If you really want something to change, you can always find a solution. For me in particular, the solution was to go part-time. Could I make more money working full-time? Yes, but I wanna be healthy and enjoy my life long-term. And that has been one of the biggest uh, changes that I made over the years was going part-time in medical work. Number two is consider strategies to overcome your stress. And that's kind of what I was uh, talking about working fewer hours, picking up something different that maybe is more um, enjoyable to you or uses just different set skill set, which can change it up. Three is talk to others about how you're feeling. Confide in a friend, a family member, maybe someone at work. Of course, you don't want to complain about work to a coworker. I think that's, a, that's an overall bad advice. Uh, a therapist, someone that there's so many therapy options online. And I think having this third party that is just has no skin in the game, just really wants to help you think as clear as you can and push through and feel as good as you can um, is so, so helpful. And there are many online sites that are that are available to do this. Consider taking a course or a class on stress management. This seems like really I would have to take a course or uh, you know go someplace and learn about stress management. But I think that when you what you focus on expands, and if you are really wanting to get control of your stress and and make actionable things to to correct it having the knowledge and expertise that a program or course um, might give you would be, I think, really beneficial. And you're also dedicating time and energy into improving this aspect. Consider participating in a physical and or um, you know mental exercise, meditation. You can pick that up. There's tons of apps on that. Free resources for meditation on YouTube. Walking, I love walking. I think walking is such good therapy. If you love some other type of athletic sport, um, pickleball, tennis, you know, maybe you're a runner, love skiing, but 
the more you can do that is physical, it's going to help you um, with stress. And work on improving your nutrition. And you may need to do this with a qualified healthcare practitioner like a um, functional medicine provider or a dietitian or nutritionist or a functional nutritionist. And that could be something that you want to invest in for this, this upcoming year. Number seven is participate in a hobby that you enjoy. This is so much different than just exercising. A hobby that you enjoy, like maybe it's completely sedentary, but you enjoy it like crochet or uh, art or reading or um, playing cards. But I think doing the things we enjoy really helps with stress relief. And then number eight, which is probably the most important one, is don't don't try to rush to get all of these in place and take it one day at a time, maybe adding one thing at a time and begin to create this, um, you know, almost like a heightened awareness of your stress response and getting really active in, in working that down. And that can be as simple as breathing deeply a few times a day and the other things mentioned before. You can um, certainly begin these stress management techniques and uh, use them like one at a time. I think that's, that's key. So I'm hoping that this year is a year that we can all feel as good as we can feel and feel better maybe than we have in the previous three years, right? A lot of, there's been a lot of stress around the pandemic and I think that once we look it right in the eye and say, um, you know, not today, <laughs> I think that is where it's, it's really, we begin to take control of our health and our wellness journey. And um, I can't wait to hear your feedback. If you have some feedback for me on this episode, you can reach out to me on Instagram uh, at Jen Rice, P-A, J-E-N-N-R-I-C-E-P-A. You can also leave a message on the, um, you know, the platform that you're listening on and uh, reach out to me anytime with questions. And I will be doing these podcasts weekly going forward. And I'm super excited for 2023. So see you next week. Don't forget to set your notifications don't forget to subscribe uh, where you listen most so that you can be notified of new episodes up and coming. I'm going to keep these, you know, rather short and sweet when I'm hosting them. So under 20 minutes of this, you know, holistic, functional medicine focused so that we can be all, all become functionally fit. Have a great day. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode. If you'd like to support the podcast, please consider visiting some of my favorite, favorite places for health and wellness and starting out with skincare. My absolute favorite skincare line is Rodan and Fields. And I have been a consultant with this company for over eight years and I'm super, super passionate about their high quality dermatology skincare. If you'd like to check out what products may be helpful for you, please visit J Rice, P-A-C, 
dot my dot com. That's J R I C E P A C dot M Y R as in Rodan A N D F as in fields dot com. Another one of my favorites has to do with sleep, and we have been using the Eight Sleep uh, Pro Cover, which is temperature regulated for each side of the bed. Been using it almost a year, and it is fantastic. And if you are looking for something to make your night sleep better, you can check out this episode's uh, comments for the special link. And lastly, I have a professional dispensary, which is uh, at least 15% or more off of retail pricing um, that you will see in any other place. This is pharmaceutical grade supplements from some of the leading companies. All the name brands are on there. If you'd like to check out my dispensary, it is wellevate.me slash functional wellness. That's wellevate, W-E-L-L-E-V-A-T-E dot M-E slash functional, F-U-N-C-T-I-O-N-A-L wellness. W-E-L-L-N-E-S-S. And thank you for listening.